0: Welcome to the Retrofit podcast brought to you by Electric Ireland Superhomes. There's never been a better time to start thinking about a home energy retrofit to transform your house into a warmer, more comfortable and eco friendly home. This Electric Ireland Superhomes Retrofit podcast series hopes to demystify that process as we take you through the whole process from start to finish. To be interviewing industry experts and happy householders who've just completed their retrofit and sharing some helpful advice and handy tips. Every day we get questions from prospective clients about heat pumps and the retrofitting process. So we've compiled a list of the most frequently asked questions and I'm delighted to say that today I have Michael Rourke and Corey Calvert to answer your questions and to dispel some of the myths around heat pumps and the retrofitting process. Michael Roark is the head of contracting and safety at Electric Ireland Superhomes. He has over 28 years of varied experience in the building services engineering sectors and the last 15 years of this have been in the renewable energy sector in Ireland. Corey Calvert is the retrofit advisor with Electric Ireland Superhomes and Corey has over 20 years of international experience in the environmental sustainability and renewable energy industries. So let's hear those questions and get some answers now from Corey and Mike. Mike and Corey, you're very welcome to the podcast. The first thing, if you could just introduce yourselves and tell us about your role within Electric Ireland Superhomes. My name
1: is Mike O'Rourke. I'm Head of Contracting and Safety in Electric Ireland Superhomes. So my involvement is in relation to contractors, contractor recruitment, and I also deal with local authorities and approved housing bodies for retrofitting houses at scale.
0: And Corey?
2: Hi, my name is Corey. I am a retrofit advisor with Electric Ireland Superhomes. So, when you first make your inquiry with our with ourselves or with a one stop shop, an initial consultation is scheduled, and I am one of those retrofit advisors that you would talk with and discuss what is needed to make your house heat pump ready and how the process works.
0: Excellent. So you're kind of the first point of contact for people when they're when they're getting their information. So you're the perfect yes. person. Excellent. So I'm sure what we're going to do is we're going to talk about general questions about retrofitting and heat pumps, but also we'll talk about myths as well, because loads of people sort of vague ideas, but they... They kind of don't really know the details. So it'd be good to dispel some of those myths today. I suppose the first one, just to, we've talked about it in previous podcasts, but just to get the ball rolling, I suppose, when what is a heat pump? Okay.
1: So I think the easiest way to explain what a heat pump is and how it works is the, the technology is the same as you have in any air conditioner unit or in any uh, domestic refrigerator. So it's a system that can pull heat from relatively low grade, so low, re- quite low temperatures and concentrate that heat and pump it into your house at higher temperatures into your radiators or underfloor heating. So it's a little bit like a refrigerator working in reverse. A refrigerator pulls heat out of the food in your fridge and dumps it out through a radiator on the back of the refrigerator. So it's the same principle same technology.
0: One of the first questions I, I often hear people saying is to have an issue with their gas boiler or they're thinking of changing over. And I suppose the reliability of a heat pump is is that's the first thing about how reliable heat pumps are.
2: When a house is, is properly retrofitted for a heat pump, then the heat pump works very reliably. Um, but it is, it, you know, we are looking at the house as a holistic solution. So we're not just looking at the heat pump. We're looking at the windows. We're looking at the walls. We're looking at the attic insulation. We're looking at everything to make sure that that heat pump is going to be reliable for the client and they're going to be happy with it.
1: The main thing to be looking at or considering in whether your house is suitable for a heat pump or not is how well the house is insulated. So you're looking at things like the insulation levels in the in the, the walls, the floors, the roofs, the air tightness of the building, as well, also has an impact on how much heat your house is going to need. So, a very important part of making a decision to go with a heat pump is to ensure that your house is at the right insulation standard. So, when you do a whole house energy retrofit with Electric Ireland Superhomes, we do a detailed initial assessment to establish: well, is your house already suitable for a heat pump? Are there just a few minor things that have to be done to make it suitable? Or do you need much deeper measures to make it suitable?
2: And we definitely look at, is it an apartment? Is it a semi-detached house? Is it a detached bungalow or a dormer bungalow? Um, we do look at all of those elements and discuss those when we're working through the client. But all those type, house types come through our door uh, inquiring about heat pumps. So we definitely see all, all types.
0: Because that was one question that came in with somebody saying they're in an apartment, an upstairs apartment. Are they able to get heat pumps?
1: Yeah, technically, there's absolutely no reason why they can't. And we have done and do projects with uh, in apartments. One thing that does have to be factored is that you might have limitations imposed on you by the management company of the apartment development. You need somewhere to put the heat pump so that there is an outdoor element to the heat pump. So is there a suitable location for that? Some developments or management companies might have rules around around not hanging satellite dishes on the outside of the building. So they equally would probably have rules about hanging a heat pump. So as long as you're allowed to install it, technically, there's no reason why it uh, wouldn't work
0: very well in an apartment. Two questions that actually come up a lot. One is the size. So is that a factor, the size of heat pumps? Are they getting smaller all the time?
1: Um, I wouldn't necessarily say they're I mean, some models are smaller and some models are bigger, just as you have differences in size and models of cars or any other product. As the technology gets improves over time and gains efficiency, things can get a little bit smaller. But in terms of size for your average house, your average sized heat pump is not much different to the average sized oil boiler.
0: And what about noise? Because that's another one that
2: always comes up. Is that an issue? Yeah, we do get that question quite a bit. And as I like to tell people, is is even an oil boiler would, would make somewhat of a sound. And as Mike said, uh, a heat pump works very similar to a refrigerator pump. So if you were to walk into your kitchen at night and you were to notice that low-level hum, then yes, you would notice your refrigerator pump. But for the most part, on any average day, it's just not something you even register as being there. And it's the same for a heat pump. Now, we wouldn't place a heat pump outside your bedroom, your bedroom windows. Um, so placement does is a consideration that we do look at when we're looking at everything um, for that house to be suitable for the heat pump.
0: And another question that came in was when is a good time to get their heat pump? So they were saying has to been big changes over the last few years, a bit like electric cars. Should they hold off till the technology keeps improving, or is now a good time to get it?
1: Yeah, so I, I guess like any technology, at some point you gotta jump in. What I would say about heat pump technology is it's not new. It's been around for decades. So uh unlike the introduction of electric cars into Ireland in the last few years. There isn't a sudden change and starting with a, a brand new model of car that has never been tried before. Heat pumps have been around for decades. It isn't new technology. Um, and if you take the approach of always waiting for the next best thing, you'll never do anything.
0: Can you get it installed any time of the year? Like, can you get it done in the, in the middle of winter?
2: Yeah, the the heat pump and, and deep retrofitting of the house occurs year round. Now, there are certain elements and sometimes a house may need external wall insulation which is typically installed after March. Uh, but we do retrofits year round. So uh, the time that you come to us or you know you start to explore the idea doesn't matter so much is the fact that it's something that you want to do. Worth
1: considering is that as a general rule, people do start thinking about their heating system and changing their heating system in the winter, which means that there is higher demand for those products and those trades in the winter. Whereas really, if you, if you want the greatest flexibility, In an ideal world, you'd say, right, do it in the summer months so that it's ready for the winter months. There may also be a short downtime while you switch from your old oil boiler to your uh, heat pump system, which might mean that you're without hot water or heating for a day or maybe a couple of days, whereas that's not such a big issue if you do the changeover outside of the heating season.
0: That was one question that came in as well. It was somebody asking... Is your heating gone for the duration of the installation? Total
1: retrofit install. How long that takes will depend on how deep the measures are, how many different measures are happening. But generally, if you're just talking about the switchover of your heating from the old system to the new system, that can sometimes happen within a day. In some cases, you might, have, you might be without hot water for just a few hours. Or you might be without heating for a day or two. Again, depending on the scale of the project, the size of the house, etc. So, but it's a relatively low downtime for that switchover. The bigger time consumers are, are when you get into bigger work, such as external wall insulation and windows and doors. But that doesn't mean that you're without your heating system for that whole period of time.
2: The typical project takes four to six weeks from start to finish, which sometimes surprise clients um, mm. that it is a you know a fairly quick. Process for having such a deep retrofit completed on the house with a one-stop shop. The beauty of that is, is that we're able to order the windows before the builder ever gets on site, which the windows typically have a a lag time of about twelve to six weeks. Um, But we're able to order those windows, have those windows ready, and it is one contractor doing all the work. So it is that person bringing in their tradesmen. So it is a very quick process because that one main contractor is coordinating the windows, is coordinating the wall insulation, is coordinating the heat pump install. Their plumbers there on site.
1: Typical duration, as Corey said, might be kind of four to six weeks for for a a deep retrofit type project. The projects that require smaller number of measures are lighter retrofit measures. Like if your house is already pretty good from an insulation point of view, from an energy performance point of view, you might only need a bit of attic insulation and have your cavity walls pumped and put in the heat pump a project like that could be finished within a week.
0: question that keeps seems to be coming up is about the weather. Can a country like Ireland, can it be too wet or too cold to have a heat pump or be effective?
1: No, I mean, really, I mean, we have a very temperate climate. You know, average year-round temperature in Ireland is in and around about 10 degrees. You know, that's a long way off freezing. um, And that's the average temperature. So, uh, you know, heat pump technology is used and has been used for decades in countries that regularly experience temperatures of minus 15 degrees C, uh, which we rarely, if ever, see. So the technology is well proven in, in, in countries with far colder climates than we have.
0: And the countries with the most um, heat pumps are actually Scandinavian countries, which, you know, yeah. get proper cold weathers. Then the other thing that people, that comes up an awful lot then is is To do a carbon footprint to people, climate change. And a lot of people are interested in doing something, whether it's, you know, we mentioned electric cars, they want to, to make changes. We can even see now with the weather is going and people want to make their own contribution. So getting a heat pump. Does that help a person individually with their own carbon footprint, improving their own carbon footprint?
1: Absolutely, it does. If you took a typical house from, say, around about a, a D level energy rating on an oil boiler, and you brought that to an A3 or an A2 with the heat pump system, you will probably have reduced your carbon emissions by between 80 and 90%. That's a huge impact on your footprint.
0: And I I noticed um, in that same article I was reading this week that uh, it it does a huge uptake in France and part of it is connecting the heat pumps with solar. So is that something that you do?
2: Yeah, many of the clients that would come to us are interested in the solar PV, the solar photovoltaic panels. And the PV panels can be used to offset the electricity usage of the heat pump as well as to offset the household energy usage. Um, so we definitely would work with a lot of clients to help uh, help the two systems combined.
0: And does that affect yeah. the cost, the running costs?
1: Yeah, if you add, so just on, on the, I suppose, on the technical side of it, mm-hmm. a, a heat pump uses electricity, solar photovoltaic panels produce electricity. So you can reduce your overall energy demand by switching to a heat pump without putting in solar photovoltaic. But you can then add in solar photovoltaic to reduce your the amount of electricity you then need to buy to, to run the system. You don't have to do both. Some customers choose to do both. Um, but in the vast majority of cases, we can qualify the house for the SEAI grants without needing to add in solar photovoltaic. But as I say, it's an option. People can choose to add it or choose to leave it out. With solar photovoltaic, it's producing energy. Your house is using electricity. There isn't any great technology to integrate them. They will just work seamlessly side by side without having to do anything special.
2: And adding to that, many clients come to us and they say, well, I have a budget to either do the solar PV at this time or to do the heat pump at this time. Which one should I do first? And what I like to advise people is, is that reduce the house's energy consumption first, do the deep retrofit, install the heat pump, and then... If uh, you know, further down the line, do the solar PV um, because you are going to reduce that energy consumption. So the amount of solar panels that you would potentially need is automatically reduced by doing that deep retrofit and making the house heat pump ready.
0: Will their energy bill go up after they get the heat pump? Yes.
1: yes. And it's it's a fair question. And it's understandable. And yes, the likelihood is, assuming you don't put in a huge solar PV system to offset that increase, then yes, your electricity usage will increase, but your overall energy costs will decrease because you're no longer buying gas or oil. Plus, you've retrofitted the house to a much higher energy level. So your actual demand on heat uh, has also reduced.
0: If you're getting something like a heat pump in or doing a retrofit, it's a long term solution, isn't it?
1: So I I, I I can give you an example of, of one house. Um so a four bedroom rural house of about two thousand square foot that we energy retrofitted. The electricity bills before they did the retrofit were in the region of six or seven hundred a year, and their oil usage was about two to two and a half thousand euro per year. So a total annual energy usage of around about three thousand give or take post retrofit, which did involve insulation, windows, doors, heat pump, and a solar PV system post installation, the annual energy usage of that particular house was reduced to approximately a thousand. So about a third of the running cost in that instance. Now, every house is going to be different and the result will be different depending on how deep the measures are and what your starting point is and what your finishing point is. Um, But that's just one example. So th- their electricity costs went up, but their overall energy costs were greatly reduced.
0: A question that also came in was somebody saying, can anybody install a heat pump? Presuming this person knows an electrician or someone, but can anyone install a heat pump? Are they, are they hard to install?
1: They do. You do need to know what you're doing. Just as you do with any, you know, you need to know what you're doing if you're putting in electrical systems. You need to know if you what you're doing if you're putting in a boiler system. Um, there are, I suppose, additional skills. There's additional knowledge that is necessary. So if, for example, you want to install a heat pump and get um, SEAI grant funding towards it, quite rightly, they insist that whoever installs it has the appropriate training and qualifications and therefore are registered with SEAI to install that product.
0: Exactly. And also something that I, I, in the podcast where we've talked about before, is somebody who gets, you know, someone installing their windows or their doors or doing a piecemeal over time and then they don't have the paperwork. So then when they want to do the whole retrofit or get the grants, they don't have that paper trail. So that's a crucial part of it, isn't it?
2: It is being able to, for example, one that we often see is internal wall insulation. Somebody will have done that internal wall insulation themselves maybe ten years ago, and then we can't we can't go looking into a wall to see exactly what was the depth of that of that plasterboard or that PIR board used. Um, so that is something where an independent BER assessor, which is needed to, to prove how to you know what is needed to bring those U values of the house, what is needed to properly insulate the house. Um, we do need that proof.
0: Another myth was that they're means tested. They're not every, you know, depending on your situation about getting the grant. So can anyone get the grants or how does that work?
2: Yeah. Definitely. And and that is a question that we get quite often is is they want to know, is it a percentage of the total cost? And and it's not a percentage. It's not means tested. The way the grants are calculated is per item by house type. So, for example, the window grant for a bungalow would be four thousand. No matter if there is six windows in that bungalow and it's a very small bungalow or if there's 20 windows in that bungalow, that amount is four thousand for the window grant.
0: And anybody can get that grant, can't they?
2: As long as they're doing a deep retrofit. Yeah. So those uh, for the one stop shop, there are many more grants available uh, for air tightness, for windows, for underfloor insulation, if that's required for the house, uh, for replacing the radiators. Uh, that's all available underneath the one stop shop process underneath the individual grants. The items available there is your wall insulation, your attic insulation, your heat pump, as well as the solar.
1: On the the, the, the grants side of it, so the one-stop shop grants, as Corey said, they're not means-tested. There are higher levels of one-stop shop grants available to approved housing bodies. But for a private homeowner, it's not means-tested at all. There are other grant schemes which are means-tested, but that is not the, the same scheme we're talking about here. So there are grant schemes... Directly with SEAI through other routes that um, allow for a higher level of funding for certain qualifying uh, applicants.
0: If you were doing a full retrofit, do you then have to leave the house? Is there a certain period that you will have to leave to get a full for getting a full retrofit done?
1: There may be a requirement to, to to vacate the property for a period of time, but it's very much dependent on the level of works that are happening and the level of disruption that would result. So the majority of uh, energy retrofits don't require uh, people to, to vacate the house. But if you were doing something that's going to be very disruptive, such as digging up all of your floors to insulate them, which is only a very small percentage of jobs need that. But if you were digging up all of the floors to replace them, you can well imagine it's not going to be practical to remain in the house whilst that work is being done. For things like cavity wall insulation, roof insulation, even window and door replacement, there will be some disruption, but not necessarily a need to, to vacate the property for any long periods of time. Um, as I say, there are exceptions. Bigger projects with a lot more measures, that may be necessary. Uh, but probably 80% of the
0: time, it's not necessary. From point of view of maintenance, is there a difference? maintenance? For maintenance like over the in the future for a heat pump versus like say your boiler maintenance, is it more expensive or how does it work?
1: Um there isn't a huge difference in terms of the, the maintenance costs. It it is probably a little more, more expensive to maintain um a heat pump than it is, say, a standard oil boiler. Um but I think it's probably far more important that that maintenance regime is adhered to. So just as with an oil or a gas boiler, you should get your heat pump uh, maintained once a year. That will ensure that you get, you can continue to have good high efficiency in the operation of the heat pump, but it will also help uh, make sure that your heat pump lasts a lot longer. It's a bit like a car. You start driving a car and you don't bother servicing it and you just keep it on going until it falls down. It'll fall down at some point, and when it does, it'll cost a lot more to to, to fix it. So ongoing maintenance is, is is vital.
0: How long do they last? Heat pumps? Are an average life cycle?
1: I think t- typical life expectancy on a heat pump for you know for a reasonable quality heat pumps. So I'm not talking top of the scale or bottom of the scale. I'm talking you know medium the medium of the, of the road kind of good quality, cost effective. You're probably looking at a, a life expectancy of 15 to 18 years, provided it is being maintained regularly and that it's been in,
0: kept in good shape. These, these are two questions that come in. They're kind of specific. It was one is, do the heat pumps work with radiators and do heat pumps work only with underfloor heating?
2: That is one we we get quite often is that question. Uh, Some people assume that they need underfloor heating to allow that heat pump to work properly. A heat pump can easily work with that underfloor heating. um, And that is an element that many people choose to upgrade. But a heat pump can easily work with radiators on the walls in both the the bottom and the top story. Um, And it can even be a mix. You could have underfloor heating on that bottom story and then rads upstairs on the top. So we see some clients who they really love their rads in order to to dry clothing on them or to hang something on them um, that would be a part of their lifestyle and that is important it, you know we, we do definitely talk about the client's lifestyle when we're doing that initial consultation because items like that are important while other clients they're very happy to get the radiators off the walls so that they can uh, maybe move their furniture in a bit different configuration.
1: Yeah it's important that each house though is considered and the practicality of it If we go into a retrofit, a house that already has underfloor heating, it makes sense just to keep it as underfloor heating, providing there's no pre-existing problems with it. But it makes sense to leave it as underfloor heating. Whereas if we go into a house that is all radiators and the homeowner says, I want underfloor heating, you are going to be into a significantly higher cost because for the ground floor, for example, you may have to take out the existing floor, insulate it better and add in your underfloor heating in a screed, that's going to be disruptive. So that means more time out of the house. It's also going to be more costly. If somebody, on the other hand, is doing a major renovation on the house anyway, and the floor has to be insulated, well, then there's probably little or no cost difference in opting for underfloor heating in that scenario compared to radiators.
2: And that is something we like to be very transparent with with clients as we're discussing all along the process, from the initial consultation to the energy report phase, so that the client can make the best decision for their home and for themselves for their future.
0: Very interesting. There's other questions, people? I think like, one is, uh, can I keep my hot press? That for the one. Irish?
2: Yeah, that one is actually one we get the most flack from uh, when people learn that they're going to be losing their hot press. So that is something important to realize is that, you know, your immersion is replaced with a cylinder. You no longer have a hot press. You will have instant hot water, but yeah, you will lose your hot press. Now there are some solutions for that to allow um, a drying cabinet, but it isn't a, a typical hot press. So yes, you would be losing that.
1: You know, I suppose. It's, guess it depends on what you what you call a hot press. You know, if it's oh, no. a room where you can air clothes. As Corey said, you can still have that. You okay. can but instead of the tanks that we put in with the heat pumps are much better insulated. So the reason you have a hot press in an old house is because all of the heat is escaping from your tank. Exactly. But now we're insulating the tank better to make it more efficient. So there's less heat escaping from it. So if you want an airing cupboard, it's just as easy to put in a small radiator in there that'll give you that that heat. In terms of whether you lose the space or not kind of depends on well what size how much space did you have to start out with if you have a very small tight little space that's just about big enough to fit the new tank well then it leaves little or no space left to to air your clothes in that space if you have a big hot press however you still probably have loads of space left to air clothes within within that cupboard
0: and another one then is will i never be able to open up my windows if I get the heat pump in,
2: you yeah, can always
0: open your windows.
2: Yeah. We do get that you know. question. Some clients, they assume that because they hear stereotypically that you can't open your windows with a heat pump, that they assume then that, that you only install windows that are zero opening. Um, and that's not true. What they mean by that statement that, you know, you you don't open your windows is that you don't need to open your windows the way that we design the heat pump and the deep retrofit is in combination with an advanced ventilation system. So your house, you know, will be naturally ventilated. You'll have a good, healthy airflow throughout the house and you won't need to air the house for an hour every morning and lose all that heat. So it's not that you can't, it's just that you won't need to. Yeah,
1: The the optional obviously is there in, you know, the summer months when it is that bit warmer, And your heat pump isn't running to provide heat to your radiators, your underfloor at that time of the year. It's only doing your hot water. In that scenario, again, there's no reason why you can't open the windows to allow more of a breeze to blow through the space. But if you're opening your windows in the middle of winter, when it's freezing outside, you will be losing heat. But that's just as true if you're heating on an oil boiler.
2: Yeah, that's very true. One of the myths we often get is during those summer months, you know, when the the heat pump is on, because it is technically on, does that mean it's cycling hot? hot you know warm temperature throughout the house and it's not it is technically on as mike says it's producing that hot water for yourself but you can't open the windows because once it knows that it's at the optimum temperature in the house it's not going to be producing the hot water to to flow through either your underfloor heating or the rads um, to produce a warm home
0: another one in, in that school of questions is uh do i have to lose my fire my fireplace
2: it's
1: not about do i have to Some houses, in order to hit the energy performance targets to qualify for the grant, you may need to close up the fireplace and seal the chimney. We would always advise that you do, whether it's necessary or not, because an open fire is just one big, huge air leak that Mm. you are losing heat out through constantly. And I know people in Ireland are very tied to their open fire or their stoves. And I can speak from personal experience here. I have two stoves in my house um, that were in the house since I was on an oil boiler. Since I retrofitted my house, neither stove has been lit and I've never needed to. So I left them there because they were there anyway. And I, I was easily hitting the energy performance targets without having to remove them. However, would I be concerned about losing them? No. And some customers who insist on holding on to, to their, their chimney and having a stove in it find that a year or two after they've done the retrofit, they've barely used it.
0: Yeah, I've heard that as well. Their question was, um, could they install a heat pump without insulating the walls?
2: It depends on the house. If mm. if your house is already at a a state where the walls have been properly insulated, that house is going to retain that heat in its current state, then no, you don't have to insulate the walls. You don't have to to upgrade those windows, if those windows have uh, you know a, a good enough quality and have been installed recent enough, that that is not something you need to do. However, to allow that heat pump to work efficiently, you do need to have those walls insulated properly uh, to to a spec that is going to allow that heat pump to not overwork itself and give you high energy bills as a result. So you do you do it is something you do want to do correctly in terms of thinking of the house and what does it need. Uh, before you you do that last step of the heat pump.
0: Um, I mean, there was one question here. You can't answer it already, but we might as well ask it. Is uh, do I have to turn my heat pump and on and on and off like a boiler?
2: Yeah, the heat pump is on all the time, which yeah. is the beauty of it. It's working there in the background. You have a very nice... Uh, temperature house that's neither too cold, too warm all around year round. Now, one thing that we do, uh, people do ask is what happens when you're gone from the house? Uh, You know, maybe during the day you work away from the home and the heat pump does work on zones. So if you were in a situation where you leave the house for, you know, eight, 10 hours a day, because you know, you either go to school or you leave the house um, to go to work, then in that situation, the heat pump would naturally automatically go to a lower zone temperature. Um, and then it would also cycle back up for when you do arrive home, that that temperature is the perfect temperature. In the same instance, uh, some people do work from home, uh, uh, many these days, actually. And in that situation, then you would just use it, your zone slightly differently for that house.
1: It's how you control the heat pump that's that that's important. So yeah. you don't have to physically go and flick a switch on off. The system is turning itself on off or turning itself up or down, depending on the temperature inside the house that you want to achieve and the temperature outside the house. How cold is it? And it will automatically control so you don't have to physically go and be switching it on and switching it off. People did that with with boilers in the past to conserve on fuel, but generally they were boilers that had little or no control. It was, I'm cold, switch it on. I'm hot, switch it off. And that was your control. Yeah, it, it's controlled very very much in a way that makes it operate efficiently and optimally and automatically
0: so I think we've covered um a lot all the myths that I had was there anything that questions come in or are that Corey that um I haven't covered that you'd like to mention
2: we have people who want to combine the uh, the one-stop shop process with the vacant home grant process and that is something that definitely can be combined. Um, just give us a call. We also have many people who want to do extensions or internal layout changes, as well as attic conversions, uh, along with that, that deep retrofit, and that can easily be combined. And then we have people who do have houses that they feel are ready for the heat pump. Um, they've done those those individual measures in the past and they have those final questions. And that's something that we can also definitely assist people with. You can always go to our website, to the Inquiry Now page, or you can just give us a call on the main line and we can walk you through the process and what we have uh, you know, available for your specific situation.
1: Yeah, I guess we, we often one of them we have touched on slightly earlier on is co- combining solar with a heat pump. It makes far more sense. And far easier to combine solar PV, which is solar for electricity, with a heat pump. But we do come across people who possibly installed solar thermal or solar water heating systems in the past or are thinking about doing it now. Um, It is much more difficult to integrate those two systems. It is possible, but often The trouble and cost of integrating those systems may not be worth it, Um, particularly if that solar thermal system is maybe nearing end of life anyway. Because to combine those two things, you're going to need a special tank that has two separate coils and you're going to have to think about, well, how is it going to control? If you have both the heat pump and the solar thermal system competing to heat that hot water, it can create inefficiencies. Uh, You may also find that depending on the particular heat pump manufacturer, a lot of the time they will say, well, look, we don't want anything else messing with our system, and we won't stand over the warranty if you mess with the system. So they would prefer that you don't try to integrate some other third-party system with their heat pump system. Whereas if you put in a solar photovoltaic system, as I mentioned earlier on, that's not integrating directly with the heat pump. It's just operating in parallel to it. So it doesn't interfere with it at all.
0: And Corey, have you noticed is the general knowledge around heat pumps growing all the time?
2: I would say that people are definitely still learning about it. You know, and that's what we're here for is to even answer those basic questions as what does a heat pump do? Do I still need my boiler if I have a heat pump? Which is, you know, something that we we answer multiple times a day. I think that what is increasing though is the the trust in the heat pump, because now more people, they have brother-in-laws who have installed heat pumps. They have you know friends that have heat pumps in their homes. Um, so I think that trust in the heat pump is what is increasing every single call that we have.
0: Because the more people are installing it, the more people know people that have it, you know?
2: Yeah. Or they walk into somebody's house and it's that nice, even temperature and they're like, how does this happen? And I want this. Thanks so much. You're <laughs> welcome. Yeah. Thanks, Virgo.
0: Thank you for listening to the Retrofit Podcast brought to you by Electric Ireland Superhomes. To start your journey to a superhome today, please visit our website www.electricirelandsuperhomes.ie where you can discover how you can reduce your carbon footprint, improve your home's comfort and increase its value. Don't miss out on this opportunity to make a positive impact on the environment and your life.